0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. I apologize in advance if you are watching this on video. I have very poor lighting today. Unfortunately, the ring lights. Week one, regular season is here, and it goes out. So I apologize. It's, it's pretty poor lighting right now. But Mike, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing all right. Uh, I had, um, what? I played picket basketball like every weekend, and uh, I got tripped going full speed onto asphalt. So I lived, but my knee that's the first thing that hit <laughs> it's, it's just bruise I'm with Kelsey right now because Kelsey just had the hyperextended knee knee bruise I'm like I'm kind of with you um but yeah doesn't feel great but I mean I'll be all right I'll live I've had worse injuries in my life other than that I'm in a hotel again I have to travel for work again hopefully that stops soon mm-hmm. who knows <laughs> I'm not in charge. <laughs>
1: You uh, just make it around the bengal schedule like hey you got to go to cleveland and work and you got to go to Cincinnati and work and
2: for that big tropical storm I did almost go to Cleveland last week but they needed somebody who could get there quicker than me so I was like okay well that was just to clean up storm stuff that's not my job that we just yeah volunteers that go and do that volunteers for money <laughs> but you know volunteers still you have to offer yourself up um yeah, anyway, anything exciting going on with you?
1: No, you know, Cincinnati, it's game week. Um, unfortunately, they're on the road week one. I'm glad they're kind of getting that Cleveland game out of the way. We'll talk all Cleveland and, and, and what's going to happen on Thursday's podcast, but – uh We were going to record last week and uh, we missed you guys. Unfortunately, technical difficulties, but we are back. So we've missed a couple things since the last time that we've recorded. Joe Burrow returned to practice last week. Um, He's had about three. It'll be four. They hit the practice field tomorrow. They are off on Tuesdays. We normally hear. From joe burrow wednesdays of regular season so more than likely you're going to hear from the quarterback um, as they get ready for the cleveland browns and uh yeah i think you know there's a lot of optimism zach taylor talked to the media on monday and he didn't want to say joe burrow's back 100 he's going to play week one and he doesn't know anybody that really to be completely honest with you they will have to um update the injury report starting tomorrow so we'll see if joe burrow went full go or if he's uh, still going to go limited until the opener. Uh, but that's to be determined. But any takeaways of Joe Burrow returning?
2: Expected?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: right? Mm-hmm. I'd be real worried if he didn't return. Yeah. <laughs> we we kept expecting it. it was like, is it going to be the end of this week? Is it going to be the next week? We were never saying, is it going to be week two, week three? Like, this, this is kind of what we always expected. Mm-hmm. Got to practice for the game you're going to play, which he's – I feel pretty confident saying he's going to play in that Browns game, barring some type of weird setback. So I am – which, just make sure. Uh,
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Weird offseason for him. One Um,
0: more
1: time. Uh,
2: But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to play. So you have to practice, get the game plan and what they want to do. You can't miss those those practices. I mean, I guess you couldn't still play, but you don't Mm -hmm. want to. You certainly uh, want to be there for this week of practice the other weeks they matter I don't want to say they don't matter but they're not that important for a third year quarterback you know it's just get young guys need those a lot you want to not be rusty and ramp yourself up and have those practices but it's not the end of the world for a third year quarterback to not have those I also don't think this will go the same way as the appendix issue did where he wasn't the same for a few weeks I just think that had a bigger effect on him than the calf, losing weight, going through surgery, everything else. This calf strain seems more like a real football injury. I think that's how I would classify it, where the appendicitis, that's not really – that's not something that he's probably ever really dealt with. (laughs) He's probably dealt with strains before. I mean, what athlete hasn't dealt with a strain, Uh, especially a professional athlete? So probably used to this. What athlete has dealt with appendicitis? Well, that can only happen once. (laughs) So uh, the first time you deal with it is uh, the only time. And uh, I think that's just a whole new experience for him. So I'm pretty confident he's going to be okay week one. I'm not worried about a bunch of rust or anything like that. I don't know how you feel. Maybe this is just overly optimistic and I should have more worry. But in my mind, I just think he was so much better in the second half of last year. And this might be the first time that he's able to put together a really good first half of the season because he always becomes that guy in the second half. And it's not, I'm splitting up in halves. I'm really thinking three quarters, the last three quarters of each of the first two of his last two seasons, he's been awesome. But the first quarter, whether it's because of the ACL recovery and they're kind of babying him, or it's because of the appendicitis. And that's a weird thing to deal with, especially when it's bad, Uh, you lose weight and everything else, your body changes. He wasn't great in those games. He was kind of bad in the Pittsburgh game, but then awesome in the second half of that game. It was a weird. One then Dallas, he wasn't great in that one either. It was good in the Jets game, and then uh, was it Miami? I thought he was all right in that one, but it all what is all right for Chopra? You know, because like yeah. all right to me is like he should be still looking like a top five quarterback.
1: And if you look at their losses in regular season last year, you know him kind of struggling early on and we can point to the appendicitis it's it's wild to think what if joe didn't deal with that they would have probably been the number one seed um you know what would that end of picture look like in the AFC championship game if it's at Paycor stadium but um you know he really picked it up like you said i think you could kind of point towards i wouldn't we don't even have to split it the whole second half of the season but I, I honestly felt like the saints game is when he really was was on joe burrow time and i'm like all yeah. right. Hey, I'm this taking game. such
2: weird spot. It was, I guess that Saints game week six is when Burrow felt right. And the run game felt right week five against the Ravens. Yeah.
1: They kind of changed things up then. And um, it just really felt like this offense started clicking. And I think you bring up a really good point, the difference of that because of all the weight he lost last year, going into the week one game this year, he was able to throw, he was throwing, you know, a lot behind the scenes. And, um, you know, I don't know what, I don't think walkthrough or or anything going full go when it comes to that because Jamar Chase, um, you know, pretty much said, you know, he's been there, but hasn't really been participating before last week. And I think that's really telling. I mean, him being out there before that first home preseason game and he was throwing and he wanted to show everyone like, look, I'm still doing my thing. I'm jogging out here. Uh, the little clips from practice have been pretty good for Joe. Um, it's fun to see him with the rookies again because, you know, it did happen during mini camp and, and just maybe one or two of the training camp practices, and then we finally get to see it again. And um, it's just been really exciting. It feels like it feels like the vibe felt so high last week when Joe Burrow was finally out there, and it was a huge difference because we've been watching backup, quarter play, backup quarterback play for far too long. It was the longest month um in a really long time when it comes to Bengals football so it was good to see Joe back out there um you know we have to talk about it because it is the week before the game and um at this very moment when we were recording this podcast because anything can change the Bengals like to drop late night news um if you go back to their Orlando Brown Jr signing they had the Joe Mixon signing on a Friday that Logan Wilson I know it's not a Friday but I'm just saying some of the stuff's in the evening when they drop breaking news um but as of now Joe Burrow He hasn't signed on the dotted line, uh, no contract extension yet. But again, I still feel it's very telling. Both sides have been very quiet. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, when they talk about Joe Burrow and and his return, they have very little information when it comes to uh, where the two sides are on the contract extension. And um, it just truly feels like, and again, this is such a guessing game because I felt like it was going to be done as soon as training camp started, maybe the first week of August. And I said, okay, well, maybe that last week before regular. season and Joe Burrow, as I mentioned before has to talk to the media tomorrow and um, just kind of feel like that would be a kill two birds and one stone, get your contract presser out of the way, get your week one presser out of the way. Um, if not, Joe's done a really good job of kind of avoiding any additional questions when it comes to his contract extension, and he might say that. Um, but for me personally, I still feel like before they get on the plane to Cleveland, um, this contract gets done. Maybe it doesn't get done this evening or Wednesday, but um, you know there's still time to work with when it comes to the contract extension. Um, but how are you feeling about it?
2: I feel the same as I did last Mm -hmm. week. I'm not going to feel great if they go into the season without it, but I'm confident this extension gets done. I just want it to get done soon. So you don't deal with any other price hike on it. Um, and you get to add in the, what the fifth year option for this year, next year, you don't get to do that. And maybe that's what Burrow wants. Maybe he doesn't want to have his fifth year option tied to his extension. He's like, no, I want new money. I want all of this as new money, not just whatever. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in that room. Uh, there could be some other type of stipulation that holds it up just a little bit or maybe it does have to do with the idea of like you guys are serious about me keep t and it's like well we got to work with that agent and get that deal done and then burrow will sign the dotted line we we promised him we'll keep his wide receivers around him, or something like that no idea all just wild (laughs) out there thoughts I'm not worried about him not being extended I've said that enough times Um, But yeah i mean i'm confident the extension gets done i just i have been less optimistic than you that it gets done during the season just because we've gotten closer and closer and it could just be my brain rattling that but it's just like man we are what five days away yeah Yeah.
1: and it's not gonna sign
2: it sunday so four days of
1: hours left in the day mike and i i just I, i for me personally The Bengals, they don't like to do contract extensions during the season. There's pretty much like a a deadline. I know Joe Burrow is different. different.
2: How many teams even do?
1: So, not a whole, not a lot, yeah. not a lot. I think a lot of people are like it's off limits, and I think Joe Burrow and I'm sure his party'd be kind of feeling the same way too, want to just focus on the season. Um, and I actually heard Michael Lombardi talk about this today on Pat McAfee. I'm actually going to interview Michael Lombardi over on All Bengals tomorrow, so you can check that interview out before you get ready for game week. Uh, but I um, watched the interview, and, and I thought he brought up a really good point when he was asked about Joe Burrow and the Bengals front office, and he's like, "Look, Joe's." Gonna go out there and, and and still play this season. If that contract extension does not get done before kickoff on Sunday, he's still going to go out there and be Joe Burrow. Are people
2: worried
1: about that? No, no, no. Like, I just just kind of like the question of oh no, what if he doesn't get it done? Is he gonna worry about his contract? Um oh, and, and okay, that's okay. not that's not Joe Burrow's mindset. Like he's just he's showed up to everything. Joe didn't have to be at any of the voluntary stuff this offseason, he was there at everything. Um, And he's on the field now without his contract extension after the calf strain. Um, So I just feel like that's really telling. But um, he also brought up a good point. He's like, if Mike Brown says he's going to pay someone, he's going to pay someone. And and Mike Brown has been very confident on saying, we're going to pay Joe Burrow. That is going to happen. Um, who knows what's happening? Again, we have very little information on the holdup, if there is really a holdup, and they're just like, "Hey, we're working out some other things first. We'll get it done before kickoff. You'll be fine. You'll have that contract extension." But Joe Burrow returned because a week ago Joe wasn't asked these questions, but Zach Taylor was asked the questions of, "Do you think, you know, is it is it the contract? Is that why Joe isn't out there?" Uh, no, no, Joe Joe came out the next day and was like, "Hey, look, I'm here." Um, you know, I'm fine. They were taking their time with the calf stream. We learned that what several weeks meant when it comes to Zach Taylor. And um, he's back out there. So for me personally, um, I don't think it's the end of the world if the contract extension doesn't get done before the season starts. It's just it's going to be he's going to be exp- even pricey. or It's yep. going to be expensive. It's going to be really expensive to do. I, I just don't think it's a good business move for the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals at the end right. of the day.
2: People keep or talking about they're worried. You can't pay T and Burrow and Chase all at the same time. It's like, well, you can. What I'm more worried about is you can't pay all these guys after the price keeps going up. Like, yeah. strike now. I mean, you probably still could, but it's easier to pay these guys when the price is where it is right now. So strike when the iron's hot, get these deals done, and let's move on. Obviously, you can't get the Chase deal done. But the other two, um, and especially the Burrow one. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it affects him i don't think that it becomes an issue i just think that you're making things harder on yourself for the future by things getting more expensive yeah. um, but eh, we'll see i mean and the day it's just a waiting game it's all patience and waiting and that's not great especially if they don't say anything i complain sometimes about how we are such an information needy uh, Society fan base right now is like, if we don't have the update within 10 minutes, uh, uh, like panic hits the streets. Yeah. Man, the Burrow one with like no talk. It's like, <laughs> uh, I get there though. I I mean, it's been months, I guess, but I get there finally. I'm just like, say something, finish this. <laughs>
1: it's funny because I've said it before, I have an Ian Rap report. Um, I just have him because I feel like he breaks news faster than Adam. No offense, Adam. Um, but I have him on and he today's been going crazy with updates. And I'm like, oh no, and he'll do like the red alert sign, and I'm like, oh, it's here, it's here, it's time, and it's never that. It's something so silly. Uh but this week you get Bosa. I don't think Justin Jefferson happens before the season, but I think Nick Bosa. And I think Joe Burrow get done before Sunday. And the thing about it is they have the same agent. So he's going to get a nice little payday um, when both of them get their extensions done. I, I, I do. I feel like at least two of them are done before the season starts. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still optimistic. We're recording on a Tuesday. If we're recording on Thursday and the contract extension's not done, I'm still going to feel a certain way. I'm still going to be like, look, you, you still have Friday. Friday you have walkthroughs. You hit the plane on Saturday. We've watched a contract get done on a Saturday before a regular season week one game. Before um, none of that will be surprising for me. But um, one thing I do know, and I feel very confident in saying, is Joe Burrow is going to be the franchise quarterback here for for a really long time. And um, I'm just waiting for the numbers to see what that looks like. And you know, maybe it's five years tacked onto the two years of counting this year, and then the fifth year option. That's seven years total, or maybe it's a i hope it's that's up.
2: also an issue you know like maybe, maybe maybe that is months, three years
1: yeah i don't like, like that i
2: want to keep getting big big extensions small
0: i don't things.
1: blame him i don't blame <laughs> him i'm hoping you know maybe they can get another year out of them um on on that extension so we'll see what it looks like um but i think as, as far as a business move it would be a really smart idea the bengals keep um adding all kinds of business and partnerships over the last couple weeks um so it would be nice to you know Go ahead and uh, get everything done, but we'll see. But as of now, as we're recording this, look, our podcast is out on a Wednesday morning. Things could change overnight. But as of now, Joe Bro does not have an extension as we're recording on a Tuesday night at 7.23. But uh, we'll have more next uh, when it comes to some of the players returning week one for the regular season opener on the road in Cleveland on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Of course, Joe Burrow can always go one segment. Uh, We'll also talk Cheeto. I I think this is absolutely huge because you go into this offseason. Zach Taylor, again, I mentioned he had his press conference on Monday. He said Cheeto will be back out there for the week one game. Everybody knows what happened last year on Halloween night. Tears his ACL in Cleveland. Um, so getting that bounce back game and, and him being able to be ready for week one, I would say was a little surprising going into the offseason. I didn't really I didn't know what to think when it comes to his return, if he'd be out there week one or maybe it's a week two situation. But I think that's awesome news to see Cheeto week one.
2: Agree. Well, man, I hate to say it again. Expected, though, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> But you never know. You never know. People, they could be like, you know what?
2: Right. We need the confirmation that it was going to happen, even if we all assumed he was going to be fine for this game. Now, fine relative. I think he can play. Mm -hmm. Does that mean he's playing at that near Pro Bowl type level he played at before he tore it? No idea. And I'm not going to be hard on him if he's not there yet. Uh, This is about getting him revved up and used to running on that thing. And hopefully he's back at his old level for the playoffs or for the deep push in the start of january um when you're making that one seed push so yeah i uh i i think he should be okay i'm not expecting him to go out there and be terrible or something but i do think as a fan base we need to exercise a little patience and just make sure like he's coming back from an injury major injury at even if he doesn't play great that doesn't mean he's not going to play great this year that just like give it some time Mm -hmm. and i think they will but i just you know always a reminder after the preseason miles murphy's takes i miles murphy takes i don't i'm not sure that this fan base has patience
1: no, uh, we'll kind of uh, stay with just the secondary alone right now. The Nick Scott takes are crazy to me. And- uh,
2: yeah, well, uh, he is not a player that is good or bad enough to be this polarizing. He is a starting level safety, yeah. a fine starting safety. Like that is about where I'd put him. And he, ha- he was great. Well, for what he was going into that, I think his performance in the playoffs was great. I think he was good more than great you know but he picked off Brady and then he picked off Mahomes the next year it's like this guy isn't some bum that you can just put into a blender also how how are you putting a safety into a blender that often you know like <laughs> the defense is so reliant it's not like they're playing just playing him man-to-man against Njoku the entire game and Njoku's just gonna cook him or something it's like I don't see that happening at all. So what are you doing to put the post safety into a blender? I don't know. And I'm not trusting that, uh, you know, that uh, number four over there and uh, I was going to be able to really execute that all the time because he had uh, – I always remember he had that explosive play, ready to go. Jesse Bates jumps mm-hmm. – like. Starts jumping on, like, oh, crap. It, not jump it, but in terms of, like, I got to go make sure that this doesn't become a touchdown type thing. And he is so late on that throw that Bates turned what should have been an explosive play into an interception. It's like, I'll believe that one when I see it. That, that guy is going to cook this year. Uh, but no further comments on all of that. I just that's <laughs> <next guy's> fine. <laughs> this is an issue with Bengals fans, too. like they they freaking out about, like, oh, battle's going to start week one. No. He no. didn't. He no, isn't. and it wasn't going to happen. It was, man, Whew. the battle yeah. and Carmen idea of them starting was just, that is kind of some of that peak off-season hype of just like nobody's there to put the dose of reality into you. So you just keep building this guy up in your mind like, he's strong and he's athletic. This guy started day one for Nick Saban. You don't think he could do that for the Bengals? It's like, well, I think, they, I think they probably want a vet. I think they probably want a vet back there because they don't have one.
1: We've said this 5 billion times. Louie Narumo, he doesn't want to put rookies out there if he doesn't have to do it. So um, Neither I did
2: Nick Saban. <laughs> like, relax, man.
1: It is. And I actually want to stay with the defense right now because, again, I'm going with encouraging news. Um, Joseph Asai didn't go on the short-term IR. He's been on the rehab field. And Zach Taylor, who doesn't give too much information when it comes to injuries, he was asked if Joseph Asai was week to week. And he said Joseph Asai is day to day. Look, I don't expect Joseph Asai to play in Cleveland. Um, I think that is a pretty quick turnaround, but crazier things have happened. I remember uh, seeing Logan Wilson coming back from an injury at one time. And I'm like, there's no way he's playing in this game. And he comes out and he's ready for the one of the regular season games. Um, so I just, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Joseph Asai is ready for next week, but I think that's very encouraging because about a week ago, it really did feel like "Mm, maybe the best bet is to put him on the short term IR. He comes back after four games. Um, he's good to go. You're not rushing him back. You got Miles Murphy as a rookie back there. Uh, but it, but for me personally, look, I think it might, they might be without him for the Cleveland game. He's not out yet. We'll again, get the injury. Um, designation of where everybody stands tomorrow and really Thursday is telling when it comes to the injury report. Uh, but I feel good about that for Joseph Asai.
2: Yeah, uh, man. Osai. that's definitely one that I don't want to speculate too much because I wouldn't be surprised if he's back out there week two. I, I don't really expect him week one, but no. week two, I'm not going to be that surprised. If he goes on, if he misses a few games, I'm not that surprised mm-hmm. either. Um, so... I'm just kind of, that's a wait and see for me. (laughs) It's definitely wait and see. Um, I don't, I don't want to say he's not, I don't know how to phrase that, but he's a better pass rusher than he's a run defender. And what I'd be worried about week one is the run defense. So not to say he didn't have a role. I think you always have to be able to rush the passer. And I don't think he's a terrible run defender. I think he's a fine run defender, but Maybe it is better to get some of those big Miles Murphy-type bodies in the way of that run rather than having a more slender ex- – they're both explosive, but bendy uh, pass-rushing body like Osai. So I, I don't know. I, just throwing it out there it could be a not, not a terrible thing to get the rookie some reps. And Cam Sample's a pretty good run defender. I think he can spell the top two when they're out. So – it's kind of true week two too, I guess, with the Ravens. You know, mm-hmm. they need that run defense these first two weeks more than they really need the pass defense.
1: So maybe it's uh, they're going to use them back in there. And it, it just yeah. I felt like it was telling when Zach was like day to day. Yeah, that
2: day-to-day. that to me meant not IR like yep. some people have been worried about.
1: Yeah, which is which is encouraging news. And maybe he doesn't play week one or week two, but um, getting him back for Monday Night Football, the Rams game. Everybody knows that's a short week after that. Um, when you play on Monday night football, then you, they hit the road and play, uh, the Titans. So to be determined, I don't want to look too far ahead, but, um, just felt kind of encouraging news for him to be on the rehab field and, uh, be out there at practice again on the side field, Uh, But overall, um, you know, we'll get to predictions of what the regular season looks like, what's going to happen on Sunday, on Thursday's podcast, but there are a couple things I want to get to before we look at the AFC North and uh, how that's going to really turn out, because I was seeing a lot of national media picking about three teams from the AFC North in the postseason, and uh, none of that is surprising to me, to be completely honest with you. I think there is a lot of talent. I think it's the toughest division in football. I know everybody can point to the AFC um, East, but it reminds me of the AFC. West of 2022. Uh, So we'll go ahead and uh, get to what a division predictions could possibly look like. Where are you going? One, two, three, and four. You can go four, three, two, and one.
2: Uh, My fourth for the AFC North. Yeah. And I think they're a fine team is the Browns. I don't think they're a bad team. Like that's more of a testament that the the AFC North is strong, but I'm not a believer at the quarterback. I just – I think he was bad enough last year that I am very concerned about his ability to just jump back into it because we heard that all last year and that jump never happened. I mean, the Bengals game was supposedly one of the best games he played. He was terrible. I
1: mean – Oh, yeah, they were saying he outplayed Joe Burrow in that game. I'm like, what game did you watch?
2: He, Man, I mean, look, fans will be fans. I'm just saying when I watched that, I went, oh, you've got a lot of committed money to a guy that doesn't look right. And maybe it'll look better throughout the year. And it honestly mostly got worse. I guess there were probably a a game or two in there that were okay. So that's the biggest one. And if he doesn't get better, what a disaster.
1: It would be so great though for Cleveland. Just the perfect disaster in Cleveland that their backup quarterback on the bench would be better. (laughs)
2: we'll have to see if dorian thompson robinson can do something in in a regular season game too but yeah i mean brissette was leagues better not just like a little bit better he was leagues better and some of this i think also comes down to kevin stefanski i'm not sure he wants to play the way watson wants to play and watson's not really good enough right now to dictate that we have to play this way because that's what i like it's like well you kind of suck in that system and you can't do what I want you to do. So like yeah. if I could get Jacoby Brissett to run this as a top 10 offense, but I can't get you to do that in yours. Like we need to just go find a replacement level quarterback. Brissett's backing up Sam Howell right now. You know, you, you could find those guys out there. So that's a little bit my Browns take. I think Jim Schwartz fine DC. He's kind of the opposite of what they had with Joe Woods. I think he's a guy that doesn't want to get punched in the mouth. Um, he'll take it too. The offense kind of try to dictate to them. I like that hire. I don't want to get overly sold on it because I don't think he's a top five type of guy. I, he, There's a reason he wasn't moving from DC to DC and Philly wasn't that sad about letting him go <laughs> because by the end, he kind of wore out the welcome. Uh, not with the players. The players still love him, but just like fans and everybody else were just like, we're a little bit sick of the way you're playing because we're getting gashed. Uh It'll be interesting to see what he does week one. I think that is one of the things I'm most interested in seeing because last time he was at DC, you know, single high coverage was what everybody did. So he did it too. And he played more man than other people. If you try that on the Bengals, like you're gonna get smoked. So I don't think he will, but what what does it look like? So that's my quick Browns preview. I probably wasn't quick enough. Uh I've got the fourth. <laughs> you have to more fourth.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's an uneasy go. I, two and three is where it gets a little wild. And a lot of people could say one, two, and three. Um, you know, I, I I will get to my predictions in just mo- in one moment. But I do. I think I have to go with the Cleveland Browns at four. I do think it is one of the best divisions, if not the best division in the AFC. Um, I, I don't uh, – the Cleveland Browns are just – I just want to get that week one game over with, to be completely honest with yeah. you in Cleveland. It's always a disaster matchup for the Cincinnati Bengals. I know they beat them in the last one. And again, I'm not trying to get too much into the preview of what it's going to look like on Sunday. Um, but I agree with you. Um, you know, how much has this game changed since Deshaun Watson was out? Um, just seeing the small sample size of last year, it wasn't encouraging uh, for them. And it's a quarterback league. You you have to have a good quarterback on your team. And I'm just not convinced that they can gather or gain more wins in the AFC North than the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers than the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the rest of those teams have less to figure out than the Cleveland Browns. So I agree with you. I think they finish fourth. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a very similar record or it's six wins, to be completely honest with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say – I I would more think eight. I think (laughs) they get eight, maybe nine. And that would be a heck of a fourth place finish. Get nine wins. Maybe it feels more like a nine and eighteen, but they actually win seven or eight games. Um, because I just think the defense will be better. But yeah, I just I don't I don't see them pushing. I could see them finishing third and maybe even second, but I don't I don't see them winning the North. And they are some people's darling just because they don't really have depth, but their starters across a lot of positions look pretty good. But we need to move on. Uh, in Great. third. In third, I've got Pittsburgh, and a lot of that is I trust Baltimore's quarterback more. I think Pittsburgh's offense should be better, but it's still Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. And even if Pickett improves, Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Like I, I have Lamar Jackson in my top 10 quarterbacks, and I don't have Pickett there. I think that the defenses are comparable. I think some people kind of have goldfish brain with TJ Watt. Like that guy's one of the best defensive players in the league. We don't need to try to put a bunch of guys over him just because he missed a lot of last year. He was very good last year. I I don't feel confident saying like, oh, yeah, you know, all these guys are better than him. Like Two years ago, going into the season, it felt like everybody would have him at number one or number two. That was the argument. And now it feels like people want to put him at like number five, number six in his own position. So I don't know. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick baller that that defense is just full of stars there's there's some scrubs too not bad bad but you know guys I wouldn't trust but I liked Keanu Benton coming out I thought Joey Porter Jr. was a good pick from them know, they had a few draft picks I liked we'll see how that goes though rookies are rookies um the offense though the offensive line I just don't trust it and I know they keep making improvements but when the starting tackles are still Dan Moore and uh Jakuma Korofor, I don't trust it. I've seen Trey Hendrickson dominate Dan Moore. And Jakuma Korofor, he flashes. We're at the point where flashing doesn't mean anything. You know, like flashing and still being inconsistent throughout the game, not from game to game, like having some great game and then having a little bit of a stinker. But he's great and a stinker in the same game, and you can't do that as an offensive lineman because consistency is the most important attribute that somebody can have. You could be great for 40 plays, but if you give up five sacks or something, even if you dominated in those other 40 plays, like <laughs> you're out of the league. So I'm not saying that's him, but I'm just saying you need to be more consistent in the game. So that's uh, that's my Steelers th- quick thoughts. Um, it would be interesting to see. <sighs> I think it would be interesting to see if the offense improves. I just, man, I would buy that they could be the second place team more, which I still think they can, but yeah. I would buy it more if they moved on and got a different offensive coordinator.
1: I agree with you. I think their offensive coordinator really hurts them still. Um I've I've said it to you quite a few times this offseason, yeah. Um and everybody's kind of they're kind of jumping on I think the Steelers are the sleeper team. There's too many people picking them as a sleeper team to be completely I could see them
2: winning 10 games and coming in third.
1: <laughs> what I could see them being a wild card team. 100% right. finishing I, or I might even
2: or- predict a wild card team if I was doing that like two wild cards, I don't think I would do all three, but two wild cards just from this division, I could see it. I mean, 100%. they did that They did that multiple years in the 2010s when there were only six teams that made the playoffs. Doing it in seven teams, like you're not even, you know, dominating the wild card. You're just taking two out of three spots rather than own 100% of the spots.
1: Yeah, so that's how um, – I, I, I will agree with you. It, it's hard because I, I've i been thinking about it. I'm like, could I put the Steelers as number two? Um, Are I, you doing it? I'm not.
2: <laughs> oh you were doing it earlier
1: i was doing it earlier i've been thinking about it too over the last couple hours and i said you know what i'm gonna keep the Steelers right there in third place mike tomlin's still gonna have a winning season uh people will still be calling for his job because he'll get in the wild card and he'll lose the wild card game in the playoffs but um i just yeah i i I think they have less to figure out i've said it a lot provided they
2: don't play the chiefs or Bengals. I mean, I could see them even scrapping out some disgusting wild card win. Like, I think the team could put a playoff game.
1: It's been a minute. It's been a minute for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, I but just
2: – In Buffalo plays two of them. They don't. They want to play in those muck games.
1: They do. They do. They love that, and that's. I mean, so do the Bengals. You look at that snow game. Um, but yeah, so I'll go. I'll go. I feel like I'm doing a softball Ansel here, just because I I can't get myself to pick against the Ravens, and it's not even Lamar Jackson for me, even though I know he's a great quarterback, and I agree with you, top ten quarterback in the league. And he has added weapons this year. They're obviously better than what he normally has. Uh, For me, it's the Baltimore Ravens defense. I'll I'll go right into my second pick, and then you can go into your Baltimore spiel. Do you
2: have Ravens defense better than the Steelers defense?
1: I do. Oh, okay. I do. Maybe not the secondary or the corners. I'm not really believing in them. And I know Marlon's going to be out um, more than likely for a couple weeks to be determined on when he's back out there. We
2: haven't even brought it up, but Denzel Ward might miss this Bengals game too.
1: The Denzel Ward stuff is scary.
2: Yeah. But we can talk more about that on Thursday yeah. when we have a better update. Just, yeah, that is man, um that's
1: really, that is really scary. I don't know how many he has had, but it, it's been uh, quite it's a few. That's wild. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into Denzel Ward when uh, we get more injury reports later this week. But yeah, I, I'm I'm. It's it's the playoffs for me personally, just thinking about those playoff matchups with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, the Bengals get criticized a lot for how scrappy they played or, you know, they couldn't really get anything going with their offense. But I just say I think that was the best defense that they had to play um, in the AFC playoffs. And um, I'm, I'm still going Baltimore, obviously, if Lamar Jackson is healthy for a full season. Um, that's going to be a difference maker. He's the second best quarterback in the AFC North. I truly feel like Joe Burrow is the best. I know that sounds like a Homer pick, but for me personally, um, he's who I'd rather have as the franchise quarterback, but when Lamar Jackson's out there, he's scary. He's a scary quarterback. One man show more than
2: Burrow. He could be a one man show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I will, um, I'll make it pretty easy going Baltimore second. And then obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers third. So you go ahead.
2: Yeah, we have the same rankings. This isn't that exciting. This is so huh?
1: <laughs> boring. We do we do Super Bowl predictions?
2: But I'll keep I'll keep breaking down the AFC North guys from what I think from just like a hundred foot, thousand foot whatever the saying is view. Uh, I'm not trying to get too minute into these details. I think the Baltimore defense will be good and they play well against the Bengals. I'm not sure I think I would have the Steelers defense as better in my mind, though. And that is a player thing. You have three guys on the Steelers defensive line that are that would probably be the Ravens' best defensive linemen.
0: That's whether true.
2: that's Watt Hayward or even Highsmith. Like, who is the Ravens' best defensive lineman without Calais Campbell? Is it Odafe Owe? he didn't even play full starter snaps last year. He did great <laughs> against the Bengals, but. I, that's that's my biggest hang up. It's not the secondary without Humphrey, which a little bit, but uh my biggest hang up is I look at the not the front, you know, six because I think the linebackers are they're good. Roquan Smith especially very good. Uh Patrick Queen, serviceable.
1: He's serviceable. He isn't anything that
0: yeah. I mean, if if they
2: are on the best linebacker duo type thing, it's one of those Fred Warner and his running mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Roquan Smith and the guy next to him
1: I mean there's uh, a reason they paid roquan all that money you know like they
2: declined the queen fifth year option yeah there, there's, there's, a, there's, <laughs> a, there's a reason with all this but I, I don't think he's bad I think he's fine um which I guess is kind of my Scott take it's like this guy's fine
0: <laughs> serviceable <laughs> you
2: know? serviceable um so I I do have worries though just like if they can't generate pressure They weren't the greatest defense when they kept trying to send pressure. It was when they started trying to play more disguise, confusion, and deep and try to, you know, 1,000 paper cut, make the offense, you know, beat them with a 1,000 little cuts rather than one big one. You just think of that Miami game where they they sent some heat, they did all this other stuff. Didn't go that well. I mean, it did in the first half, but then they gave it 40 points or something like that in the second half. I just – If you can't generate pressure, I can't see you as a top five defense. I think they could be top ten, and I think they're a good defense, and I think they'll play well against the Bengals just because that seems to match up well with them, although I'm hoping they don't. I am hoping the Bengals just kind of like that one year that Burrow got sacked 100 times in Baltimore, and then it felt like he spent the entire offseason getting ready for it and just dominated Wink Martindale in that defense in the first game back and then the second game back.
1: I Uh, mean, wink, Wink, that was his legacy game when when he said uh it was the it was i'm not even counting the first one in baltimore when they put 40 some points on the board but that second one it was the day after christmas and wink was like you you don't put the gold jacket on him yet and joe burrow went out there and i know again a lot of people like oh it was the secondary it was a lot of injured guys out there no joe burrow still put up some numbers and he did that on for for a reason for a reason zach taylor kept in that game
2: yeah yeah well No longer Wink. I don't think uh, Mr. McDonald talks as much. (laughs) Wink's just kind of like a crossy old man. Like, I don't hate him. Like, I think some people hate him for everything. I just – well, he said something before a playoff game, and he just – it's like, yeah, that guy's, you know, white-collar. He's not a blue-collar type like us. I was just like, you guys are football coaches, man. Like (laughs) – I don't think any of you guys are – I mean, I don't know, maybe. Uh, But he he does have that mentality. Anyway, he's not even the coach for them, so we need to move on. Uh, um, John (laughs) Harbaugh. I also think this is a reason I have the Browns last. It's just John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, great coaches. And that's not to say Mm -hmm. Stefanski isn't a good coach. I think they're a tier above. And they've won Super Bowls. They keep their teams competitive no matter what. I can't say the same for Stefanski. I just – look, he had – maybe he didn't. (laughs) I was thinking he had better quarterback play than that Mason Rudolph year. And Mike Thomas somehow scraped out nine wins that year. I don't, or eight, was that eight and eight? Or I think it might have been eight. But it was not a losing season because we know he's never had one. Um, And while Baltimore has tanked a couple times, if you think of that Ryan Mallet year, they've, they're usually good. And that's just, Cleveland hasn't been consistently good. So I don't think. I do think, sorry, I do think if there's a team to take the Bengals down this year, it is the Ravens. And I know I'm not breaking any news with that. They're just, they've got the quarterback. If this offensive coordinator hire goes as awesome as the offseason think pieces, think it will go. And there's no growing pains and you get to play against Seattle instead of San Francisco, and you get to play against Los Angeles chargers instead of Kansas city, and you get to play against what miami instead of buffalo then maybe you maybe the Bengals finally don't sweep those tough games they simply go two and one and but they go three and oh and then you split with baltimore and now you're looking at like one of those can they edge you out by like some nonsense the Bengals dropped a division game and the ravens went five and one and now the tiebreaker goes to them type of deal like i could see this happening Or lose the division by one game. I don't think they're going to run away with it. I don't think they'll go like 15-2 and or anything. But they are the team out of everybody there that can stand up at the end and hold the AFC North crown away from the Bengals. There is a reason. This division is so competitive. There's a reason that there has never been a back-to-back-to-back champ. The Bengals are going for it. Uh, Even those Steelers dynasties in the late 2000s, those Ravens teams, they've never done it. It's just you look at that. And some of that's the Bengals' feel in those divisions too. But you look at the division, it's a tough one. If you drop some games, like these are all good teams. I don't think there's a single, you know, Houston Texans type team here. Hey, maybe they'll be good. I don't know. <laughs> but you look at the Texans, you kind of think like two free wins. Let's think of the NFC West. There's no Rams or um, Cardinals that are kind of obviously tanking in this division. You know, everybody's trying to compete for different reasons. Um and if the Ravens are able to pull it out, they, they are the team I would pick if I wasn't picking, I'm picking the Bengals number one, but if I wasn't going to pick them, it would be the Ravens. And that's, I don't think it's outlandish to think that. Um. I don't know now you have any thoughts of Ravens. I mean, look, what? How much is there? To, is, is Lamar in a good defense? Like I trust I Lamar to put an offense together, even if Odell doesn't look as good as people think, and Rashad Bateman's still hurt, and uh, Zay Flowers has rookie growing pains. I still think he's going to connect with Andrews all the time and run the ball, and they're going to be a good offense, even if everything goes crap.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it isn't crazy to hear people say, oh, the Baltimore Ravens are their predictions for the 2023 AFC North. You mentioned it before, no team has ever won the AFC North in three straight years. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to try and do it. I will just say this. If Joe Burrow is healthy, and um, health is always on the team's side at the end of the whole entire thing, at the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship, if Joe Burrow stays healthy, um, he he's the best quarterback in this division, and yep. – I just truly believe yeah. that they take the AFC North again. Um, you know, they can overcome a lot. That is it- my
2: prediction. But also, as much as I keep saying Mike McDonald does a good job against Burrow, Lou does a great job against Lamar. <laughs> so yeah. that's why these games turn into these defensive battles. But, you know, they've got two good defensive minds going at it. It's kind of fun to watch. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, I I agree with you. Uh, what is your confidence that the Bengals, because we both have them number one, what's your confidence that they win the division? Not just, like – predict them yeah they'll win the division but just in general do you feel like really good you don't need to put a percentage on it if you don't want or
1: i will a, okay. i'll just do a set out of 10 i'm at like a
2: 7.0 oh nice i was about to say seven, seven.
0: Like,
2: you gotta which, the- which is like a not shock thing like if they don't win no. it you no know? i'm not at like an eight a nine especially not at a 10 just because it's the no. end of crazy things happen uh but you know i'm not an eight or nine i'm at like a seven
1: Yeah, I I think seven is fair. Um, Like I said before, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win the AFC North. I just feel like they have all of the talent in the world. They have few questions, and it just feels different. Um, You know, I think they exceeded expectations in 2021 going to the Super Bowl. Um, Nobody had that on their bingo card. And then we're here the, the following year oh, they're going to have growing pains, the hangover of going to the Super Bowl. They really didn't have any growing pains. Again, injuries were what kind of um, kept them from it. They had a appendix pains. Appendix, yeah, kept them from a number one seed. To be completely honest with you, it's absolutely crazy the way the season started. Um, No team ever, I want to say, that started 0-2, um, made it to the playoffs. They ended up winning the AFC North. It was absolutely wild how the end of the season went. Um, they lose three offensive linemen, almost win in the AFC Championship game to go back to the Super Bowl again um, in back-to-back years. That isn't easy to do. Um, unfortunately, they didn't get that done. And this year, it just feels like they're on, they're on, they're on something. Everything. The vibes with Joe Burrow returning. Honestly, pretty much the whole entire offseason, it just feels like they have all the pieces. They have all the depth. In the world you Mm -hmm. don't want to deal with injuries
2: but this feels like it's hard to say it when you've got two new safeties and a couple guys left but this does to me feel like this is the best team because you're looking at the depth too it just feels like a team that is for sure all in like stop talking about trading guys away for draft picks because this team it's more valuable for them to get that one year and push for the title that's what you're doing at the end of the day. You're you're trying to win the title. You're not just trying to accumulate draft picks and win value. I think that's with like the Law Collins thing. Some people think like, oh, why don't you try to trade him away to a team that needs offensive linemen. This team has needed offensive linemen at the end of the year every single year. So you don't trade that away anymore for some fourth round pick that that doesn't develop in time for the, you know to fit this window. Like this is the window, and you're pushing for things right now. All the chips. You're, Pushed in a little bit. I actually think they probably could have done a tiny bit more to push those chips in. Just like some type of, I don't know, some type of signing that's like a one year vet. Uh, not Revis, but he's the guy I always think of, like the mercenary. Like just signed yeah. Melvin Ingram's a current one, but they have a lot of edge guys. But like if they sign some mercenary defensive tackle and it's just like one-year deal and this guy's awesome like if own signed a one-year deal with Cincinnati it was just like hey I'm trying to win a (laughs) title you know like I know Hendrickson I know these guys from New Orleans I'm just trying to win a title here and then I'm going to go sign a different deal like that's kind of like what I what I think I was like I could think they could have done one of those but where they are they've pushed almost all the chips in they're still healthy cap wise for the future so they're not going to end up like those uh, like the Mac Jones Patriots for the past couple of years, or Los Angeles Dodgers. Rams, Los Angeles Rams, the last couple of years. I don't think they're going to end up there unless they make some mid-season crazy trade and trade away all their draft picks. I don't think they like to. I think they like being healthy for the future. But for what this team likes to do, this is about all in, and I don't think you're going to see them try to trade away assets for future capital.
1: Yeah. It should be fun. I'm really excited to uh, give our regular season prediction of what we think the record's going to be for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll have Super Bowl picks. And then, obviously, we get to talk week one matchup versus the Cleveland Browns for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, What's going to be up on uh, Bengals this week?
2: It's fully written. So I know this one is coming out, but uh, James just had his Ted Karras thing today, so he's pushing it to tomorrow. But I I wrote an article about Miles Murphy. You know, we needed it.
1: let's go miles murphy hype train we were the dj reader podcast last year we are the miles murphy podcast
2: we're still um, kind of the dj reader podcast Oh,
1: always dj reader. let
2: murphy let murphy develop a little bit because that's kind of my whole thought is just like be patient with this guy you know like
1: dj reader could i don't want to think about it his last season in cincinnati but he could be playing on another team and i'd still be like this is dj reader podcast it's
2: kind um, of the dj reader podcast as long as it's not an afc north team
1: yeah friend of the show. Um, but uh yeah hopefully the next time we talk to you guys maybe 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 we'll have something else to add in there but uh right now we will definitely be talking week one the cincinnati Bengals, cleveland browns cannot wait to get to thursday's podcast season predictions and who is going to make it to the super bowl thank you as always for listening to it's always game day in cincinnati